You're listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. Three, two, one. Liftoff will start in T-minus 10 seconds. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. Hey, everybody. This is Craig Ackerman, TV play-by-play announcer for the Houston Rockets. What's up, everyone? This is Jackson Gatlin, host of Locked on Rockets. This is your boy, Heezy, a.k.a. Raheel Ramzanali. It's Sean from Shots and Thoughts. This is Will, a.k.a. Bias Houston. This is Chucky Brown, former NBA basketball player for the 1995 NBA champion Houston Rockets. This is Timoteo Keister. What up, what up? It's Roosh Williams, the Mastodon himself. What's up, Rockets fans? This is Hollywood Don Knock. This is Devin White, a.k.a. The Gentleman. It's your boy, Von Wafer. Hey, it's Matt Thomas, radio voice of the Houston Rockets. Five, four, three, two, one. We have ignition. This is Jonathan Sanford, public address announcer for your Houston Rockets. You're listening to The Summit State of Mind. What is going on, everyone? You are listening to The Summit State of Mind, the podcast of Dream Shakes and Stepbacks and everything Houston Rockets presented to you by the Apollo Podcast Network. I am your host, your commissioner, Kenny. And of course, with me as always is my brother, my tag team partner, the GM, Justin, who just gave me a quick overview of how his workday was, which was awful, apparently. How you doing, big brother? I'm good. I'm better. I have a, a little seltzer for me. And, you know, shout out to the Clutch City Lager, even though that is not what I'm drinking. But the world is better oh. now, you know? Not on the clock, no pressure on me. The world is good. No no problems here. You got a beer in your or a seltzer in your hand, the world is your oyster, right? That's like that's all I like to think of it. It sounds like me almost every other day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're talking about big time stuff and like in terms of big time stuff, because the big time stuff gets even bigger. I think this is for the second no, no, this is the third time ever on our podcast where we bring not just one guest, but two guests on our podcast and these are two very very special gentlemen let's get these guys their proper intros i'm going to start first by introducing this first guy introducing first he is the staff writer for dream shake also a part of the sb nation he is also the co-host of the newest rockets podcast clutch fans rocket fuel introducing for the first time at the summit lashard binkley lashard how you doing today man Oh man, I'm doing good, and I appreciate y'all having me on. Y'all had a long list of you know distinguished guests, and uh, hopefully I'm somewhere in the middle tier of that guest list. So uh, happy to be here. It's not. Let's. let's why, why are we talking like that? No, heck no, dude. If anything, you're already, you're already up there. Don't even start. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, like like I said, not to be outdone. There's not one, but there's two guests here. So not to be outdone. This man who was a former beat writer for Space City Scoop, our former employer, and the Toro Times. He is now the co-host and the other half of the Clutch Fans Rocket Fuel podcast. Introducing for the first time the check mark himself, Mr. Anthony Duckett at the Summit. Anthony, how you doing? I had to, I had to give you your flowers. I'm doing pretty good now, especially after that introduction, especially. Every, every time Kenny speaks, he makes sure to make you feel special. There you uh, go. Luck, luckily for me, I, I guess I get that every episode. I've never feeling insecure, so I'm good. <laughs> well, you're also like doing you said, pretty good too, man. You said you got a beer already in your hand, so you're doing pretty good yourself. Yeah, man. You know, F, like 
I work at the alcohol industry. I won't say what company I work for, but you know, there's a lot of stuff that's going on. So uh, it's, it's been one of those Mondays. And yeah. when you're taking phone calls to like 530, it's like, okay, guys, come on, man. Like, I can't even put in orders for you guys anymore. But anyways, <laughs> it's besides the point. We're not here to yeah. talk about my job. I mean, I appreciate the thought, AD, but, you know, yeah. we're here to talk about the Houston Rockets, so let's yep, get yep, it, yep. Kenny. Let's go with it. Yeah, no, let's start. Let's start. Okay, but before we start, I just want to go ahead and just, I want to do it, I guess, uh, we're going to do it like a little tip-off style. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it to y'all two at center court. I want to yep. roll out the red carpet right now and talk about y'all's podcast before we even start here. So give give our listeners a little bit of what, you know, the Clutch Fans Rocket Fuel podcast is about. I, I'll lay it up to either Anthony or uh, Lashard, whoever wants it. Well, I mean, definitely me and AD have done, what, a hundred some podcasts together. We started back, we started back at, um, you know, back with Jackson Gatlin when he was first starting out. Um, we started Launchpad Podcast. We did a ton of podcasts together there. And then we moved over with him to Apollo, did a ton of podcasts there, but we always wanted to do one together. So we kind of finally came together, collaborated and was able, you know, luckily enough to get with, you know, one of the OGs of Rockets, even before it was a Rockets Twitter, one of the OGs of just Rockets fandom, uh, Dave Hardesty of Clutch Fans. So we were able to work with him, and now we're in collaboration with him um, doing a Clutch Fan Rockets Fuel podcast. I mean, it's been great. We already up to our sixth episode, you know, looking forward to more and bringing on great guests. And, of course, we would love to have y'all on as well. It kind of returned the favor. So, uh, yeah, man, it's been a lot of fun. We talking Rockets, talking Rockets draft. And um, like I said, man, it's, it's just great to be able to do it with AD because we've done so many um, quote unquote you know, co-hosting, but now we're actually in one podcast together. So, yeah, so it's yeah, a long, sure. long time and coming, to, right? And to, and to piggyback off of that, you know, with with Lashard has been great. Like I said, we always enjoy doing pods, whether it's on different platforms uh, over the years. Like you said, I think it's been two years. We started during the bubble season. Yes. Um, which Ooh, was man. That was something, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so you know, to, to kind of second what he said, you know, I've definitely enjoyed it uh, thus far. Looking forward to keeping it going. You guys you got to come join us. Um, as a guest for sure, at least. Oh man, we're oh, yeah, excited. Sure. We're definitely excited. I mean, we just interviewed um, Clutch Fan Zone Beam Thug. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, you know, and the that cap was something guru. Else. Yeah, yeah, dude. Kenny called him the Cap God. That was yeah, uh, he didn't want it. He didn't want to be called Cap God. He, he said <laughs> it was too much. So I was like, that's all right, pretty accurate. that's accurate. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I was trying to get my man right. <laughs> I was trying to do the exact same thing. I was trying to give him his flowers like I gave y'all. And then he, he's yeah. like, no, nah, that's too much. And I was like, okay, fine. I'll go Cap Guru. That's close. <laughs> that's a close little secondary tier for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but now once again, like it's awesome just kind of getting to know y'all and, and just, yeah, listen to your podcast. And like you guys really are like OGs in the sense of kind of like getting just to know um, y'all's like fandom like as like Rockets fans. We're going to go into that obviously um, in the next topic, but I do want to come across this first and I do want to talk about the the topic of the day obviously and that's uh, NBA Finals talk. Look, yeah. the series is tied 1-1 Celtics and Warriors, but the headline from game two wasn't the score. It wasn't It wasn't the fact that it was a blowout. It wasn't the fact that Jordan Poole went gonzo in the third quarter. Yeah. It was the fact It was the fact that Draymond Green got into a little, little scuffle scuffle with that boy Jalen Brown and did not get his second technical. And then yep. literally getting refs on site. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Steve the Javi. one that is Steve Javi yeah. coming in. Yeah. 
talking about oh we're not gonna we're not gonna kick him out because he had he already had his first technical so this is being yeah. talked about and the and and this I'm gonna tell you something right now Rockets fans have been we've been tooting this horn for years and finally 2022 oh, yeah. it's getting a little it's getting a little bit of love but I want to lay it up over to you first uh, Anthony in terms of that just what did you see from that NBA Finals game in Game Two and what was your overall opinion of just like seeing that preferent preferential treatment quote unquote. Well, I guess I'll start with the game. I thought it was a really competitive first half. It did kind of get out of hand uh, late late in the second half. Um, but no surprise that Draymond Green, you know, he's, first of all, he lives for that. He yeah. loves to push the edge just as much as he can. And for whatever reason, he is able to do everything uh, without getting <laughs> without getting those technical fouls. I mean, I feel like there are so many times I see him, like, barking in the ref's face, like – using emotion where you could tell he's saying something demonstrative and they just seem just, you know, be okay with it. Just, you know, it's, it's okay. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know. I don't know what, what, why he's able to get away with murder and you know, what exactly it is that, that he has earned uh, or why he has earned that ability to do whatever to the refs, but it seems to be continuing. <laughs> just nonstop. Right. Yeah. I mean, you look at it, he gets his first tech and then it's it's just automatic. He can do whatever he wants to do at, at at that point. And just, we already knew once that first tech happened, he can literally drop kick somebody in the stands and they weren't going to throw him out the game. So I don't know if it's a benefit of just him being with the Warriors or it's just the fact that um, they want the Warriors to be in the finals because they know they bring the ratings. I don't know exactly what it is, but yeah, like AD says, not like, not like Draymond Green is, you know, going to be a top 20 player when he finishes his career. So how exactly he's able to get that leeway, I mean, I guess it's a mystery, but I guess we also kind of heard from Steve Javi exactly how the referees feel about certain players in certain situations. Yeah, I get that, especially when it pertains to Draymond, because when you say, when you see him, you think of other demonstrative players like a runner yeah. test or maybe a Dennis Rodman in the way that they expressed emotion and maybe they judge him in that light. It might not be fair to everyone else. And unfortunately, because he is who he is and he plays for a certain team with a certain set of studs, that they're yeah. going to treat him with kid gloves. I mean, we, I don't, I wasn't old. And I, okay, let, let me rephrase this. I was old <laughs> enough to watch Michael Jordan, especially yeah. the second three, Pete, but I didn't, I'm not old enough to remember the details that came along with, you know, MJ playing with Scotty and Dennis and, yeah. how Rodman was. I mean, everyone watched uh, Last Dance and saw how he was. And the way he was was just very expressive. Yeah. And I can see him talking a lot of shit to the refs. But honestly, to, to be honest, I don't remember. The guys that were fresh in my mind are obviously more so of the Dream One Green and Ron Artest. I mean, we even saw it when Ron was a Rocket for one year. You know, he was judged on certain games very sensitively and certain games he can get away with the way he would talk. Yeah, but at this juncture, I don't know. You can say that he's earned his respect, he's earned his stripes, or whatever. I listened to his podcast as well. He's very uh, insightful in regards to the details of the game. Yeah, but you know, at the end of the day, there are things he'll say, and I'm like, I don't know, man. Like you can say it because you can, <laughs> you know, as you're yeah. Draymond Green. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I guess for Boston, it's more so just something that they have to overcome. I mean, they have all the talent in the world. I mean, I, to be honest with you, I predicted game one to go to the Warriors and game two to the Boston Celtics. Yeah. So it went opposite. 
I don't know what to think. But I did pick Boston in six. We'll see. I'm just hoping that games three and and so forth will be a bit more competitive in the sense, yeah. you know, because they gave us that patented Warriors third quarter where they just decided to go off like crazy. Yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, we'll see how it goes. I'm just curious to see what happens when they go back to Boston for games three and four. Is it still 2-3-2 two, two, or is it 2-3-1-1-1? I don't remember anymore. Should be I think they switched it back, yeah. I think they oh, switched it from 2-3-2, two, two. yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. That's cool. Hey, man. So we'll see how it goes. I'm curious to see, but I just want to see good basketball. That's all I really care about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Golden State losing. <laughs> I mean, I mean, of course. I mean, we gotta. As Rockets fans, we have to. We have to have that, right? It's, it's the unfortunate yeah. reality that we all kind of accept. Of like, okay, well, Golden State's back in the finals. This is, this is what they do. And I guess one yeah. last thing I want do want to say in, in regards to that before we uh, move on is just I remember there was an article and it came out a few months ago and I can't remember if it was Anderson Verjao or if it was one of the it was one of the former centers. Maybe it might have been um, Bogut. But there was an article that came out, and he said explicitly, he was like, I could move screen. I can bulldoze people. Yeah. I can set these elevator screens, quote unquote. Um, I can move Bogut. people. I can push yeah, people. Yeah, it was Bogut, right? Yeah, it was, okay. Yeah. Where, where, he, where, where he was like, yeah. Where, was yes, exactly. Seriously. And then he hopped on and says that I can pretty much do whatever I want, right? So, like, that, there is obviously a precedent that's being set with these guys that are saying like, okay, well, I know where my parameters are. I know where my boundaries are. And I feel like if I can get away with it, then I'm going to, you know, these are people that are going to take full advantage. They want to win. So it's like, if you have that in your back pocket, someone like Draymond who knows that he can push it to the limits and knows that nothing's going to happen to him, he's going to push it to the yeah. max. When, when, you know, what say UAD, right? Would you have to agree? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, <clears throat> again, Draymond's been getting away with this forever. Um, yeah, you know, uh, the, I guess the only time it, it ever really did cost him was in during that finals against LeBron, where he got he got suspended <laughs> that, that one yeah. game. And they end up, you know, that ended up being a pivotal game for them. But obviously, he hasn't learned from that. I mean, in each I feel like each round of this postseason, he's had some type of like flagrant, mm -hmm. egregious, especially against um, against Memphis, right, where he uh, uh, pulled him by the jersey. Uh, what was it? Was that Brandon Clark? Put him down by I the jersey. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, I just, I mean, that's just, just what he's gonna do. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What about you, Lashard? What, what about you in regards yeah. to you? like, just like what I said in like those parameters for the Warriors? Like, you'd have to agree, right? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, you go back and see. There's video of someone actually broke down. If I'm not mistaken, it might have been Clutch fans of the different screens they set against the illegal screens they set against the Rockets and the. And the different playoff series the Rockets have had against them. I mean, yeah. it's 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 obvious, it's blatant, and they get away with it pretty much every single time. And I mean, it's one thing if they're doing that and they're not playing against some of the best shooters all time, but you're playing against some of the best shooters all time, and they're getting the advantage of these illegal screens. Mm -hmm. I mean, it almost reminds me way back in the day when Carl Malone, you know, oh. be, before we found out about, you know, the real Carl Malone, but Carl Malone, his illegal <laughs> screens. I mean, Utah was the absolute worst team. I mean, you can ask yeah. Vernon Maxwell, you can ask any of the former Rockets. They said some of the most illegal screens you can ever think of. I, I think even worse than the Warriors, just because not only did they bear hug you, but they need you and punch you in the face at the same time while they setting these screens. So, yeah, it goes back a long period of time. But, yeah, the Warriors, it's just – even more blatant because you are playing against Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. Like they really need any more help getting these mm -hmm. wide open shots. 
Yeah, and the crazy part about that clip, yeah, um, sorry to intervene. The crazy no, no, part about that clip with Bogut is he said that because he played for America's team, he was able to get away with screens. <laughs> I remember thinking, like, like wh- wh- when are the Warriors become America's team? Never, <laughs> ever. America's <laughs> team. That's a crazy title to give. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't realize the war. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize that the Warriors were from Los Angeles or Boston or New York, apparently. <laughs> Anywhere. <laughs> wow. Jeez I mean, Louise. Most Warriors fans have just been Warriors fans, what, in the last eight years? I mean, they were yeah. Lakers fans before, so. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, you're not you're not real unless you remember Andres Biedrinch. You know, oh, you're not wow. real unless you know Monte <laughs> Ellis and all those peeps. Like, you don't know that. The Monte Ellis, Steph Curry debate. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, man. Jason Richardson. That was Baron my Davis. Yo, That was the Baron Warriors. Davis, that I yeah. For, man. Yep, yep, yep. We all remember that. We, we believe. We believe. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you know, man. Yeah. It's in my loins, man. I still believe we would have knocked them out and made it to the conference finals because we would have had a date with them if we eliminated the the Jazz in Game Seven of 2007. I'm rubbing my eyebrow because I'm already. I just the thought of it. I'm. It still upsets me to this day. But, depressing. <laughs> before, yeah. Andre Karolinko and Matt Harper, and yeah, it's depressing. It's just hard it's, to even think about. <laughs> it's, well, let's not dive. Let's not dive too deep into the negatives, boys. Let's go ahead and move on here. Yeah. Let's talk about. Obviously, let's take let's backpedal here. Let's take a step back, James Harden style. Talk about your past now, just as you know, Houston Rockets fans. Uh, you know, let's. I that's the main thing I really wanted to like, kind of get in tune with you all. Uh, yeah. Where did your fandom start? You know, as Rockets fans, and when did you know? When did you decide that this was going to be the team that you're going to root for? I'll start with you, Lashard. Um, I mean, let's go back to the '80s. I mean, even before I can really remember any of the games, my dad used to always watch the Rockets. Um, he was a huge Rockets fan. He used to watch it on the old wood grain television. And I just was along for the ride till I started finally understanding. And I can really remember probably late eighties when um, it was Akeem and Ralph and then Ralph ended up leaving because he was always hurting the Rockets trading them. But um, really that's kind of when my fandom really started. And then of course it went into overdrive in the nineties. Um, I mean, I remember even before they won the championship, they went game seven with Seattle they used to always have trouble with Seattle. And that was like my first real heartbreak is when they lost that game seven in Seattle, like in 93, right before they won the championship. And then to finally win the championship, I mean, it's definitely the greatest moment of my sports life is watching those back-to-back championships and, you know, being out on the street, celebrating with everybody. Cause you got to remember, you know, the city Houston had never won anything. I mean, it was basically heartbreak every single year. I mean, Astros, Texans, well, Oilers back Oilers. then. Um, yeah. It didn't really matter. It was just heartbreak every single year. So the finally championships and then winning back-to-back years. And just FYI, none of us really cared that Jordan wasn't there for a year and a half. So anytime somebody brings that up, we don't really care that Jordan wasn't fully there. So, But anyway, I mean, that's kind of where my fandom started. And just like I said, the 90s is where it just really went crazy. And then into the unfortunately the charles barkley years and then <laughs> even after that was Dave francis coming and yao and mcgrady um so unfortunately since the mid 90s has been heartbreak every year but I, I mean i wouldn't take any of it back though absolutely absolutely over to you now ad in terms of just being a rockets fan where did your roots start yeah so my rockets fandom started when i was about 12 years old that was when we got yao ming um so that was oh two i want to say um and i was a big fan of steve francis mainly his style of play um but i also my favorite player at the time ironically was t-mac the orlando version so when we actually got t-mac traded here 
you know, I, of course I was elated. I, you know, I was excited. I was geeked. Um, and um, so go, going through, you know, fandom of, of those, you know, those years, those teams, uh, and then actually most people would focus on the era that kind of restarted when we got Harden, the Harden trade. But it was a, there was a little period of time in between that where it was Kyle Lowry on the team, um, <laughs> you know, the, yeah. the team that that was wasn't necessarily uh, wasn't necessarily great. Goran Dragic, um, but yes, I, those are good squads. I remember. Yeah, that. yeah, and, and in fact, that, that was my that was my my junior year of college. I want to say, and I remember that team. I followed that team very closely. That team was actually very close to making a, a, the playoffs that year. Yeah. Uh, we ended up missing it late in the season until like the last five. 10 games or so. Um, but, and then of course, once the, once the Harden trade was consummated, then that, like, I feel like that took all Rockets fans to a different level because it's like, mm-hmm. now we have this, this player that, you know, that we know can carry us to 50 wins. Your favorite and, player. In yeah. Game. Yeah. Yeah. My, my, still, still <laughs> my, my favorite player to this day. Right. Him and Deshaun Watson is two favorite players. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my, oh, man. <laughs> one, two, one, two. Those two. Those two. <laughs> Those two, but yeah, but you know, pulling my hair out over over those years because of the coaches that we had had, yeah. uh, whether it was <laughs> Mikhail or you know, definitely had some frustrations with Dan Tony also. But mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I feel like, I feel like I feel I really feel like 2014 and on through the bubble season was like like a really good <coughs> excuse me. Uh, a really great time to be a Rockets fan in more recent years. Um, just couldn't quite get over the hump because different circumstances also went against, as we talked about, the Warriors team that was, you know, just a bad time to face them, <laughs> you know. Uh, and then I think I, I really feel like this is not pivoting, but I really feel like that bubble season, We I feel like if we had Christian Wood on that team, I feel like that would have made a really big difference for us. Which is Lakers, crazy to think about. <laughs> yeah, because the Lakers just had size that, that we just did could you know didn't really have, have much to, yeah. to go against. And then you would have had mm-hmm. PJ playing his actual position as opposed to playing a five, you know. But yeah. I digress. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> But I can't yeah, about so that, man. Oh, that's too much, dude. Because because Christian Wood is a whole like mm-hmm. people tend to forget, man. Those first five games with James Harden, it was pretty gangbusters. Those first oh, five man, games, yeah, yep. <laughs> fully enveloped into that role. We were like, oh man, this is. I remember I, I told my brother, I was like, hey man, this is like Clint Capella on steroids, bro. This is this is it. <laughs> this yep. is it. This is gonna be the squad. And then now uh, yeah. a few more games in, Harden was like, nope, I'm out of here. GG's. <laughs> thank thank good thank goodness that ended up happening in the long uh, obviously in the long run. But yeah, I think that's just awesome. Getting just hears you hear both of y'all's stories in regards to that. Um, obviously like Lashard over to you know first to you like 80s 80s Rockets like I wasn't born until. 92 so anytime wow. like we have someone on that can kind of i'm sorry i know i'm not trying to age anybody Bima, you know david you know bima thug said the same thing every time i told him oh like, yeah, like, yeah why are you trying to he's like why are you trying to age me i'm like i'm so sorry i'm not trying to i'm just show, I'm just trying to show respect but like i just think in regards to that like you know it's just so cool kind of year that you know the 80s like i've watched countless youtube clips of like all that of that yeah. entire era but kind of just kind of getting to like hear it always firsthand is always super cool and then obviously getting it to rise up to the championship era i think that was also yeah. great and then you know in regards to what ad was saying i think it's awesome because i jumped on that i jumped on like i became a fully enveloped rockets fan when t-mac obviously was in orlando and then when he became ultimately a rocket that was when i yeah. fully enveloped myself as a rockets fan so i mean i only recall like i was only three years old when the rockets won a title so yeah i can only re- i only remember 
it's two H's with me, man. It's Houston and Heartbreak. That's the uh, that's that's the uh, <laughs> outside of the Astros <laughs> championship. But for yeah. the Rockets' perspective, it's a uh, it's Heartbreak yeah. Houston over here. <laughs> oh, for sure. Oh man, I I loved hearing both stories, man, because I I can relate to both. I mean, I wasn't. I'm 89, but I read a lot about the Rockets from the 80s. My dad talked a lot about it with me yeah. and talked about that lost team from 86. If it wasn't for the bust, they would have had a shot against the Celtics. Oh, they yeah. were right there, you know. And then the next year, Ralph Sampson got dealt for Sleepy Floyd, legendary Sleepy Floyd, who played very well for Golden State. But, you know, when he came to Houston, he was a little bit more, a little bit older yeah. in the sense, you know. But – it's it's crazy to hear. Yeah, and of his career, yeah. Yeah, man, and you know, just like those early '90s teams going into the championship years is kind of crazy to look at. Um, you know how it all worked out, getting Kenny Smith, then Vernon Maxwell, and then OT, and then how it just kind of just blasted off from there once we drafted Robert. But crazy, crazy to hear because I remember, like, from what I had read, like in Seattle was like in '93 we lost by a buzzer beater that got tapped in after the buzzer from. David Robinson and Spurs, <laughs> so we should have had home court yeah. advantage, and then we took that L in Seattle, which is terrible. I mean, granted, I miss the Sonics, despite the heartbreak from 93 and 96. If y'all saw that picture of Detlef Schrempf and Gary Payton, yeah. I had some PTSD from that, and I was like, man, I, that, that, that was some hard times, man. I remember watching that, and I was like, why are the Rockets losing? My dad was like, yeah, we're losing. I was like, we don't lose. What do you mean? I was just a kid, but you're not used to it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, real quick on that, just the and that's the main reason they brought Barkley here in the first place mm-hmm. because they couldn't yep. beat Seattle. So yeah. you, you you brought him in, and the only I think the main reason they lost to Seattle that year after they won a championship because Sam Cassell was hurt a lot of the year. Robert Ory was hurt. They was dealing like a, with a lot of injuries throughout the entire year, and you yeah. kind of saw it coming that they were going to get. I didn't know they was going to get destroyed the way they did by Seattle <laughs> in that year, mm-hmm. but. It still hurts me to this day that they traded those guys that early for mm-hmm. out of everybody, Charles Barkley, who nobody in Houston could stand right? <laughs> at all before he came here. So yeah. the, the trade for him is it, still kind of mind boggling. I mean, you you listen to the, like some of them old Rockets players, and they still are mad about that that happened, especially Ori mm-hmm. Casale. So, oh yeah, Ori was heartbroken when yeah. he, when we when we spoke of Chucky. He was telling us like when they were in Phoenix, he had to talk him down um because of that trade like he was just depressed and then I'm they sure. dealt chucky and sam away and then robert just lost it on danny ainge when he threw the the towel infamously in his face the, the one but, highlight of that yeah yep yep poor guy <laughs> poor, poor robert but you know let, let, i digress have you thought about grabbing a meal on the go needing a meal in smoothie form How about grabbing an acai bowl from Rush Bowls? They have plenty of options for those that are looking for a great healthy meal. There's a bowl that I usually get from there. It's called the Yoga Bowl. It's blended with mango, pineapple, banana, matcha, froyo, and your choice of dairy or non-dairy milk. I usually get oat milk, but that's just my personal preference. It's topped with granola, chia seeds, bananas, and honey. I even like to include their in-house peanut butter. It is delightful. Trust me, guys. They even have deals all throughout the week, Dog on Mondays, where you get a free Bow Wow Bowl for your dog with any purchase of a bowl. Or Wellness Wednesdays gets you $2 off any wellness bowls or smoothies. So if you're craving a nice, healthy, and light meal, us at the Summit 
highly suggest visiting Rush Bowls and grabbing yourself a delicious acai bowl. It is the best acai bowl in Houston. So be sure to follow them on Instagram at Rush Bowls Houston. Let me repeat, at Rush Bowls Houston. And visit them at their location, 6001 Washington Avenue, number Suite 200, Houston, Texas. Make sure to mention that the Summit State of Mind sent you because if you do, you will be receiving 33% off your bowl. So let me repeat that. Mention the Summit State of Mind and you will receive 33% off your bowl. So all right, everybody, go on, get out there, and feed that healthy body of yours. What's up, Rockets fans? This is Hollywood Don Knock in the flesh, host of the Launchpad podcast and the legendary Rockets Twitter spaces. And you are listening to the Summit State of Mind podcast with my guys, Kenny and Justin. Let's move on, guys. I'm going to leave it up to y'all. So we have two things we can the draft, or we can talk about... I have a question also about the future rotation regarding a certain point guard from RGV. So yeah. we, we can go either way, but I guess let's start with RGV because I'm so yeah. curious, right? Um, Dacian Nix is a guy that's a very polarizing name amongst Rockets Twitter. He is a guy that a lot of people believe that could be a player for this team. Mm-hmm. And the Rockets view him as a lottery pick, essentially. Do you see him in the same way? And do you view him as a possible backup point guard for this rotation coming in 2022 and 2023? So, I mean, me personally, just watching him all year with RGV, talking to a coach, uh, Abdel Fattah, I mean – they're all kind of linked up the same as way with Rafael Stone and Coach Salas as far as what they believe with um, Dacia Nix. Even when Dacia Nix left and came back to the Vipers, uh, Coach still believed that he was the main cog of that team. Even with Trevlin Queen, who ended up winning the MVP, he still mm-hmm. said that Nix was their main player. He was their best player. And even though he didn't get to show a lot with the Rockets, just because I would say interesting lineups with him – on the court at the same time with players like um, Dennis Schroeder, yeah. which didn't make a lot of sense at the time because mm-hmm. Nix is not a shooting guard. He never will be a shooting guard. He mm-hmm. approved his three-point shooting. He started off the season shooting below 30%. He ended up getting it over 30%, probably around 35 36% um, in the G League. So he approved his three-point shooting. But, of course, his main thing is he's a facilitator. He's that mm-hmm. first – that. Uh, pass first point guard that everybody keeps saying they want from Kevin Porter Jr. That's exactly what Dacia Nix is. He's looking mm-hmm. to get everybody else involved. And I honestly think this is the main reason why I don't want to draft Ivy is because you already have your point guard and you have your backup point guard. I think Nix should get more playing time with the Rockets next year because mm-hmm. I don't see any way that he's going to be back with the Vipers next year. He should be getting regular rotation minutes with the Rockets to show that he can actually be that seventh man or eighth man off the bench. And what about you, AD? Yeah, same. Um, I actually really liked what I saw from Knicks all season. I was like, why is he not getting more playing time? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think LaShar had a really diplomatic, political way to put it when he said interesting lineup choices because uh, a lot of it just didn't make sense at all. It was kind of, you know, 
Yeah. But scratching. <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, personally, I, I feel like I feel like, you know, what we saw from Nick, especially in the G League, the progress that he made. I think he kind of came into a season with a chip on his shoulder from not yeah. getting drafted after playing on that Ignite team uh, and being five star coming out of coming out of high school as well. Um, like Lashard said, his shot was a bit question mark. We know that he, he's able to facilitate and create for others. Also, Think he's really good at, at getting to the basket, you know, kind of bodying up, using his size, his frame to to drive and attack. Um, so I'm hoping that he gets more playing time. I really feel like when it comes to developmental younger guys, there's really no guarantee with Silas because um, I thought KJ Martin was a good example of that coming into this season. Yeah. So you know, I don't know if if he'll get more playing time, but I definitely think there's a spot on this Rockets team for him. Definitely be the backup point guard, if nothing else. Absolutely. I agree with that. You know, um, the one thing that I noticed was that when he was up um, playing for the Rockets, he seemed to be moving a little bit slower, but I don't attribute that to him like just being slow. Maybe the NBA game is moving a bit faster, obviously, than the G League, but also he's playing with a new lineup. He's trying to find his way. So he's starting to think, you know, and sometimes as a point guard, it's like you it's it should be more free flow. You know, you should be able yeah. to kind of just do your thing. But when you're playing alongside Dennis Schroeder and maybe in the lineup with a Kevin Porter Jr., even Josh Christopher to an extent who can all handle the ball and he'll have the trust of Silas, he's just trying to find his way. So I'm not going to penalize him for what we saw when he played in the league because the G League uh, clips and videos suggest that otherwise, that he can definitely be a contributor. So I totally agree with that in that sense. And, man, like – I'm hoping that he'll get some PT, but you know, with Silas, the way that everything worked out last year, who the hell knows, man. But I mean, we'll see. I mean, even then the number three pick, well, I don't know. At the end of the day, uh, I'm excited to see what happens, but Kenny, what do you think, man? I don't know. I think, I think, I think the jury's still out on Deshaun Nix. Like I wasn't obviously like, I I don't have access to any, like any of the real grand stuff. Like I will watch the highlights and the clips after, But just based on what I saw, obviously saw like when he had came up, it wasn't anything astounding. But at the same time, like yeah, like y'all are both right. Like I I accrue to the questionable lineups that were put in front of him, and and a guy that's trying to still find his way in the league. I mean, we're a rookie for God's sakes, and and you kind of just threw him there in the middle of the season. Okay, let's just see what you can do, and let's put you next to a Dennis Schroeder, like you said, who's already a point guard, and what and Dacian Nix needs the ball in his hands to succeed because he is the point guard. So I just think I think the jury's still out. I think it's a little too early to call. Um, the speed of the game, like I said, it looked like it got a, a bit much to him. Obviously not the same player as this guy that I'm about to mention, but I equate him a little bit similarly to kind of just jumping in and in the game moving a little too fast in his mind. And I equate that a little bit of that to Aaron Brooks, who wasn't who wasn't overly fantastic his first season as a, as a Rocket. He, the game, obviously, and I remember in interviews in the past, and he said, like, the game was way too quick for me. Um, like, it, it, I just, I try to do too much. I try to get, you know, I knew I was going to play limited minutes, so I try to get everything in as much as I could. And overall, like, he wasn't happy with his rookie campaign. And I just think that that's similar to Dacian Nix. Similar to a degree, Dacian Nix was, you know, he was up and down in the lineup and in and out of Rio Grande. So it was even worse for him. So I, I'm, I'm excited. I want to see what he's going to do in a full-fledged NBA season. I agree, I agree with you, Lashard, 100%. I want to see him with with actual minutes. There's no need. As much as as much as much a Jaden Ivey is, is, would be considered a pretty sexy pick because he is the athletic point guard. The se- you know, I've heard it all. Second coming of Derrick Rose. I, I, second coming of Russell Westbrook. Like, he has the explosiveness, obviously, and, and next to Jalen would be fantastic. But I just think that 
you yeah like you said there's already a, there's a gluttony of guards and i don't think that you need to you don't need to add another person like jay nibody that get, get work work on the wing position or uh by god get chet holmgren and just see what happens from there but give dacian <laughs> nicks give dacian nicks his uh give dacian nicks his flowers and let him mm-hmm. uh let him play as like the seventh or eighth man give him about 15 minutes yeah. a game i'm good with that yeah and real quick on, on nicks just like i said i did watch him all year and he he plays totally different than he did with the rockets because with coach abdel fatah they are a free-flowing up and down the court he's able to take the ball right uh, you know, off a rebound and go straight down the court, and he doesn't have to think about it. With the Rockets, you could tell he was overthinking everything because, mm-hmm. like I said, when you're out there with Dennis Schroeder, you don't know what Schroeder's going to do. And then you have everybody's favorite, Christian Wood, who thinks he's Kevin Durant sometimes. He'll take the rebound and he'll dribble down the court. Ooh, so then Nick's like, there. what do I do? Do I just stand out here on the perimeter and wait for Christian Wood to figure it out? <laughs> or what exactly do I do? So you could tell it was totally different. I mean, I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, and I defend Christian Wood a lot, mm-hmm. but that's a whole other topic. But my, my point is, when he's with Rio Grande, you could tell he knew that it was his team. He mm-hmm. could handle the ball. He was the facilitator, and he made a lot quicker decisions. He's never going to be the quickest guy on the court, so mm-hmm. that's never going to change. That was never really his game. But, like, when me and AD were talking to Coach, he said that he – he would see Jason is coming down the court and he would know he would knock somebody into the third row because that's his game. He's just stronger than every other point guard, every other guard on the court. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's basically his game. He's so he reminds me of a, a Darren Williams back in the day, um, that type of player, or even that's Kyle Lowry when he yeah. first came with the Rockets. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not the quickest people in the world, but they are extremely strong. So that's pr- mm-hmm. pretty much what you're going to see from Knicks um, even next year. Bigger frame for sure. Yeah. yeah. Big frame. Oh, yeah. I would like to call. I call him like Baby Lowry. You know, what yeah. I mean, I never, I did, I totally slipped when it came to Darren Williams because Darren Williams is one, uh, one of uh, Kenny's favorite point guards from loved, his loved, it, loved his game. I, I hated playing yeah. against him. Loved, <laughs> yeah. loved, loved uh, playing. I mean, hated playing against him. Loved his game overall. I mean, I'm one of the yeah. few people yeah. that would have probably gone. Oh, is it Chris Paul or is it Darren Williams? I, I was that guy that was oh, uh, yeah. Darren Williams. I remember that for a period yeah. of time. For a this period guy. of time, he was he was there, but I <laughs> yeah. I digress too. <laughs> there you go. I mean, yo, man, shout out to Coach Abdel Fattah too. Like I listened to that oh, interview, yeah. and he Dude. is a quality man, quality oh, yeah, he's human being, and a quality coach. Like he spoke so glowingly about his team and his players. Yeah. And I remember that story when he was talking about Gerald Green and when he joined the team and just yeah. letting him be Gerald and. I thought that was the coolest thing, considering you're there to coach a team that is more so in regards to progression. These are young yeah. guys who are trying to learn the game at the level that they have to learn it at that moment. And he graciously was able to accept Gerald, and Gerald did the same thing, graciously accepted his role. Yeah. And I thought that was one of the coolest things. And you shout out to him, man, for doing your podcast. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. He sounds yeah. like a wonderful sure. dude. Yeah, that was a yeah. great episode. Dude, and, and honestly, he deserves – I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out as a as a as a what is this announcement to all Rockets front office get this man <laughs> on the coaching staff come on yeah. there's two there's two spots to fill rumors run rampant yeah I, I know. I'll be shocked I'll be shocked <laughs> what are we if he hearing, wasn't on there. what are we hearing yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I I would be shocked if he's not on the coaching staff because he's already yeah. he already does scouting for the Rockets anyway in the off season mm-hmm. so he's been doing it for the last several years so mm-hmm. he works close with Coach Silas and he he knows Rafael Stone really well so. Like I said, even Travis Stockbridge, their general manager for yeah. the Vipers, he worked with the Rockets. So, I mean, it, it, I would be really surprised uh, unless he just really wants to stay with the Vipers. But mm-hmm. just talking to him and every time I hear him talk, he's ready to go to the NBA. 
Yeah. Oh, I love the sound of that. Yeah. For sure. But um, let's get to the meat and potatoes now. Our favorite thing that we've spoken about ad nauseum for all of us <laughs> in this podcast. Yeah. The draft. Oh, but um, so let's, but let's, let's, let's kind of shy away from, <laughs> I guess, the, the, the big part, I guess. Um, so yesterday, um, David mentioned that Chet was his number one guy. And he stated that he believed that Chet is the best fit next to Alperin Shangun yep. at the four. I know Lashard, you are a big Chet guy, <laughs> yeah. but AD, I'm not sure where you stand in regards to who is your guy from the top three. So let's start with you. Do you agree with Dave in regards to Chet being the top guy? And if not, who do you think is your top guy? No question. To me, Chet is definitely the the top guy. I think that skill set that he has is one that we could absolutely use. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know there's concerns about his frame. I don't really think that's that's that much of an issue because of his style of play. Um, you know, I feel like a guy his size who can shoot, also a guy who, who can be a you know uh, a rim protector, if you will, a guy on the defensive end can alter shots at the rim. Uh, I feel like, especially next to Shingun, that would be a really good skill set. But it's just not something I've thought much about because I don't think there's not a chance that he falls to three. So mm-hmm. I've kind of prepared myself for Paulo Banquero, who I who I like at three if Chet's gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Lashard, on to you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sadly enough, it doesn't look like Chet's falling to three. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just as far as his fit, he's definitely the perfect fit. He's, he solves a lot of problems that people are having with Paulo Banquero and mm-hmm. Alperin Shangun as far as neither one of them being really a rim protector and kind of mm-hmm. having similar games as far as being, you know, high post facilitators that have to have the ball in their hands um, that are really good post players, um, but not necessarily good three-point shooters because that's another thing with Chad. He's a 39 40% three-point shooter, and he doesn't need the ball in his hand constantly to, you know, have an effect on the game. So mm-hmm. that's just why I just feel like you need a you need a dominant defensive player. The Rockets need it badly because as you see in the playoffs – the number one and number two defensive teams are the ones in the finals. So you, you, you're you not going to be able to consistently win if you don't have good defense. So it, whoever the Rockets get, if they don't improve their defense, even when Harden was here, they didn't really start winning until they start playing defense. Mm-hmm. So that's why I saw Chet as my number one option. But again, like AD said, I don't see it. I don't see him falling to the number three spot. But it is good mm-hmm. to be able to agree with AD, not like last year with the whole Mobley mob and, uh. and, and Green Gang thing. So <laughs> that's a change. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> See, that's that's good for you guys because Kenny and I are both – Kenny and I are separated. Oh, I'm, uh, okay. I'm, I'm on Bankero boat, I'm, yeah. and he's Jabari Jungle. Oh, that, that, I, okay, that's I'm, been getting a little bit nasty too, I've seen. <laughs> that's really unfortunate, right? Because that's – because I love what y'all are saying in regards to Chet. Because at the end of the day, as much as uh, I mean, I, I said this, I said this in the last pod too. I mean, yeah, he's under two hundred, soaking wet. But the bottom line is, is that you can't teach size. Yeah. You can't teach that seven-two frame, which he has. And like you said, like defense at the end of the day wins championships. And right out the gate, like Chet automatically just provides that straight out. Yeah. And I think like that was that's how i would see it but like you said it's the third overall pick i highly doubt he drops the three he has to really yeah. bomb his workouts like yeah. bomb the visits to like drop to three i i always believe like okay he's gonna he's gonna stay within the top two at the very least so i've, I've yeah, like what ad said i'm i have 
uh, fully envelop myself in the uh, Bancaro boat. Unfortunately, this is not this is not by choice. This is a uh, no, no. I'm kidding. I'm totally over. I'm totally over exaggerating. It really, it's not a big deal to me. At the end of the day, I'm going to support whoever's a rocket. Yeah. I I've bought into the stock of all three. Like I've 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 seen enough where I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I can buy in a Bancaro. Okay, I, I can definitely buy in, buy in a Jabari. I can buy in a Chet. You know, whoever we have is yeah. is who we get in. They're they're instantly going to change the team, regardless. Mm-hmm. All three. So. Yeah. yeah. The thing I like about all three guys is that they all bring three different skill sets three different body types and they can do things so differently so i I think that's why like everyone's so divisive in regards to their opinions and the great thing about us being number three is that it doesn't matter what we think we just exactly (laughs) if we we were one or two i think rocket's twitter would be even more insufferable i love all of my friends which is hard which is hard to do at this point (laughs) <laughs> be right? more insufferable. It, it blows my mind sometimes, but you know what? Hey, man, I'm I'm here for the discourse. Yeah. I'm just here from a watching from afar, enjoying the entertainment and taking it as it goes. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. I mean, you know, in regards to all that, I yeah, I mean, it it'd be nuts to really believe or think that Chet would drop or even then play the four. I mean, it wouldn't be inconceivable considering that he did play with Drew Timmy. Yeah. so there's certainly a way that they could work with lp but i who knows what they're thinking maybe they do trade up who knows maybe ben carroll goes number one to orlando because you know with what the yeah. report say yesterday like everyone was saying that orlando's taking jabari and nba execs are like not too fast we don't know about that guys uh, but yeah. who knows man it's it, at this point in time everybody loves to lie and have fun and try to <laughs> yeah. make it all topsy-turvy i mean we'll see once june 23rd comes and hopefully we'll get a report based on who's going to go number one most likely closer to and then we'll kind of have an idea to see where the chips fall yeah. but anyways you know we we've talked about the third pick amongst everybody for plenty of time. I want to know what you guys think of number 17. So who are your three guys that you would take at 17 regarding if they were to drop or even then trade up for per se, hypothetically speaking, um, Lashard, who you got? Wow. Um, Tyree Eason, definitely. Um, if he's still there, Mark Williams, I don't think he'll still be around at that point. Um, he's definitely somebody I would take. Also, considering that you're probably not getting Chet, you're probably going to get a power forward one way or another. Um, you definitely need – I know you still have Uzma Garuba. You still have uh, Bruno Fernando. But I don't think that you're not drafting somebody because of Bruno Fernando. None against Bruno Fernando. He was great in the handful of games he played. But you're, you're not drafting like somebody like a Mark Williams because you're worried about having too many centers. Um, and then um, uh, the third option, I'll probably go with Jang. I mean, to me, being a 6'10", point forward that can have multiple skills that can develop into multiple positions. I would go with somebody like that. But again, I just don't know if these players are going to be available at 17, but it's so hard to know who's going to be there because there's so many moving parts. Teams probably going to trade. I mean, even as a number two pick, who knows? Okay. See, they love having 15, 20 picks. So they may trade out a number two to get more picks. So (laughs) it's kind of hard to see who's going to be there, but Ultimately, I mean, I want uh, I mean, if Easton is there, you definitely go with him because the Rockets need size at the wing uh, for mm-hmm. sure. No, I agree with that 100 percent. And on top of like your Sam Presti thing, when when you say Sam Presti stockpile on those picks, the first thing I thought of is a dude that opens up his wallet and it's like super crazy thick. 
That's what I think of Sam Presti with his draft picks. He opens up his wallet and you're like, no, bro, you need to clean that shit out. (laughs) (laughs) Just keep adding stuff, yeah. I know, right? But um, (laughs) on to you, AD. What what, what you got, man? I'm just curious. You know, I really haven't – I really don't have a list for 17 because of, like, what – Bashard said, like, you don't really know who's going to be there at that yeah. at that point, you know. So, mm-hmm. for me, I really haven't invested thoughts into I want this player or that player. I, I do like Jing. Um, but I actually I actually think it's going to be an international player based on the Rockets' past histories. They seem to love these players who played in International League or players who are, you know, may, maybe, maybe a little bit older, but, you know, players who are professionals because they've played against grown men in, in pro leagues internationally. So I, I would not be surprised if that pick ends up being a player from overseas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I totally understand that. I mean, for me personally, like at 17, like if we could, I think Tari Eason's probably the best fit personally. Yeah. That's the guy that would probably be that. If Sohan miraculously falls, dude, I'd love Jeremy <laughs> Sohan. Yeah. But I mean, the guy for me that, if realistically speaking, he'll probably still be there unless like we decide like to trade down or some sort. Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara. Yeah. I mentioned this on the last pod. Yeah. Really, really like his skill set. Big fan of his. He he is a little redundant in regards to guards that we have, but I believe that his skill set will translate in regards to being one of the best to fit our team. He's six yeah. six. He grew into his frame really late. He was recruited as a point guard into college, so he does have point guard skills. But he's not someone that is going to be reliant on playing the point. He's yeah. going to be what I had said, like an Eric Gordon type who can run the point if need be, but probably better at running it. You know, yeah. more so of a backup. And he's God. He's got that seven two wingspan, man. Very interesting. This is insane. <laughs> it's ridiculous, man. And his shoot, his shot is really smooth. He's very quick laterally when his man defense. Granted, he played for Santa Clara, so he wasn't like playing top-notch competition all the time. But at the end of the day, he certainly brings a certain skill set that I believe that could fit with all the guys. And yeah. with AD talking about Usmani Jang too, man, he's certainly someone that's very um, polarizing. You know, he's also a guy that um, is an international player and. You know, I, I guess I would say that some of the things that would concern me is, is the fact that if we do draft Bancaro, he has similar skill sets and regards. But at the yeah. end of the day, it's not about redundancy. It's about picking the best player available and working it out as you go, man. I mean, just figure it out. We're still the worst team in the league, so stockpile talent as much as you can. Yeah. So in regards to all that, we're good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, and just real quick on, on Jang, I mean, I agree at this point at 17, you're just kind of picking the best player there. Because at the end of the day, yeah, you're you're still the worst team in the league, and you're still trying to figure out rotations. You, and it's only really one player to me that you're basing all these picks around. That's Jalen Green. I mean, mm-hmm. much as I like Absolutely. Alperen Shangun, at the end of the day, he's not a yet. He's not a cornerstone player yet. Maybe yeah. he turns into that, but right now, I'm not saying okay. I'm not drafting so and so because I got Alperen Shangun. You know, exactly. I'm gonna draft around Jalen Green. He's the cornerstone. He's the main guy. Everybody else is kind of just coming along for the ride, you know, at least for now. Yeah, yeah I've come to, I've come to think of that too in regards to that because like um I don't I have a tendency to not fall especially since we are a rebuilding team to not fall in love with these types of with these players yeah. because how many of these guys realistically speaking how many of these guys are truly truly going to be here when we're contending. It's yeah. like you know what I mean like you have to kind of think about that in that sense. That's why I I, I don't 
I don't have an issue with like trying to go for like a big or something like that. Like someone like obviously I would like I would love like a Jalen Dern or a Mark Williams, but I mean yeah. I just at at this point you're y'all are both all completely right. Like we just have to go with whoever's available. You know what I mean? Like whoever's like that best pick right there, whoever you're stockpiling it. Um someone from overseas that's not going to come over just yet or yeah. someone that can make an impact right away. And there's only so many roster slots at this point that yeah. we can hit. That's why I like the idea of trading down or exactly. like getting multiple first round picks. Like, can you really do it? <laughs> You're going to have to really do some cap gymnastics and really worry about getting some slots here because you only have so many roster spots at this point. Yeah. Our, it's, it's literally filling up really fast. So I am you know, I'm, I'm at a point right now where it's like, we'll just do with whatever at this point. I, I like I said, ad nauseum, we've talked about this. I'm, I'm at a point. Anything, anything left to say, uh, AD or uh, Lashard before we move on here? Not, not for me. I think we've kind of covered it, like you said, nauseam in, in detail. <laughs> yeah, too much at too much. Yeah, nauseam. I mean, I mean, true. At this point, even like when I'm writing for Dream Shake, it's it's not easy coming up with different topics to talk about when it comes to the draft. I think I've ran out of topics I can come up with. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty much ready for them to actually draft somebody at this point, so we can kind of move on from that. And I doubt they do much in free agency, but hey, at least it'd be something different to talk about. June 23rd cannot come here fast enough. I'm, yes. I'm with y'all. We're all content creators here, so we totally we totally need it at some point. A few weeks <laughs> yes. away, literally two weeks away from the time, or two, two weeks and two days from the times that we record this. Tired of the same old anime tees? Tired of the Malcor look? That first colony Malcor look? Don't you want to see some older classic animes getting some love as well? Well, be sure to check out the brand Day Off. For your retro anime goods, from animes like Macross and Neon Genesis Evangelion to Cowboy Bebop, My Hero Academia, and one of my personal favorites, Demon Slayer. So Day Off is your source for anime-induced graphic mayhem. So use code DAYOFFSUMMIT for a 10% discount at dayoff.shop. That's D-A-Y-O-F-F.shop. So make sure to go through, grab a t-shirt, and meet us at the summit. What's up, everyone? This is Jackson Gatlin, host of Locked on Rockets, and you are listening to the Summit State of Mind podcast. I want to get ready to go home here on a on a on a game, just something fun that we can do. Uh, obviously something just different. Let's just let's just change it up. I think it'd just be fun. Uh, we've like we said, we've covered all the draft to the very end, but I think it would be super fun if we did a all time Rockets draft. I think that'd be I think that'd be a lot of fun. Pick your starting five, and we're doing this like in draft order. So like, for example, AD would be like pick number one, Lashard two, Justin three. I'll be four, and then I guess we, right. we can just snake it. And go with your point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center, and we'll and and this is the kicker. We'll use today's NBA, today's NBA so rules. They have to be active right now, or no, 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 no. We're just gonna oh. use if they if we drop them, if we drop these lineups, they're gonna play in today's NBA. Gotcha. Like, okay, is okay. like you know, they, hand checks are are illegal. You can't just throw <laughs> people unless your name is Draymond Green. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no, so. No. I want to figure this out. I want to figure this out, though. Who's gonna? Who wants the first pick? I, I want to gift it to to the Clutch Fans Rocket Rocket Fuel Podcast. I, I'll give it? it to my man AD. He can get the first pick. First oh, pick. That's, first pick. Yeah, that's obviously a large one. First pick. Okay. 
Got to go Olajuwon with the first pick. Okay, Lashard, over to you. See, he he. I, I should have changed this because he would have had to pick James Harden, but um. Uh. <laughs> so uh, I, I'll I'll go James Harden number two. Oh man, what a pick! <laughs> yeah, it, that was rough, but uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's rough for me. I now. still got love for go the ahead, guy, GM. but still, man. Um, I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go with recency bias and take my man Chris Paul. You know, I have to. Even though he's here for two years, he certainly made a difference with what he was able to bring to the court. Oh, yeah. Outside of injury, let's let's be real here. But still, yeah, loved him. Oh, man, okay, good. Dude, this is where it gets. This is where it gets to me. This is where I, this is where it gets nerve wracking because you have the fourth pick. So you have to pick the fourth greatest rocket of all time. No pressure, right? Um, <laughs> I guess I guess the best bet would be the. I guess also another rule should be like, should it be there how they are? Like obviously. Like we just can't pick Scottie Pippen, right? Like it has to be that Scottie Pippen from that time, right? You would never want to pick. Not that I would. You don't want I Rockets would. Pippen. That's yeah, sure. uh, I think I think we're going with Rockets Pippen. Uh, yeah, I don't think he'd yeah, be anywhere yeah, on this yeah. list. You want Rockets Pippen. Let's be fair. Absolutely. Okay, so if that's the case, let's see. I want. I want. I. Uh, man, you guys pick some good players. Uh, man. Okay, this is this is throwing me now. I, you know what? I'm I'm gonna go with a I'm gonna go with a guard. Well, it's gonna snake, so I gotta come up with two picks. So I'm gonna take Clyde. I'm gonna take Clyde. At, I'm gonna take the Glide at with the fourth. Um, yeah, it's a it's a solid pick, right? I gotta go with something solid. Oh, yeah. And then uh, he needs a running mate. I'm gonna you know what you know what screw this. I'm gonna go Moses. I'm gonna go Moses Malone. Definitely. <laughs> gotta go with him. MVP, legend, NBA Absolutely. Hall of Famer. Absolutely was was a beast in his day. But over to you now, GM. Who do you pick? So you took you took Moses and who? I'm sorry. I took Moses and uh, Clyde. Oh man, you are you are you are one of a kind, man. One of a kind. Okay, I'm gonna go. For me, you know what, dude? I wanted to take another guard, but you know what? I'm gonna take Yao Ming. Yes. Uh, I yeah. love Yao, and I feel like that pick and roll, pick and pop with Chris Paul, used yeah. masterfully. Can you imagine Chris Paul navigating through Yao screens, dude? Uh, <laughs> the point guard guarding him would be in trouble. They're like, oh, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. You know, immediately concede. So, yeah, I, I'm definitely going to take Yao. Nice. <laughs> All right, let's start over to you now. All right, so I guess it's me. So I'll probably have to go with McGrady. Mm. Oh, damn. I, had, I was going to take him, to be honest, but, you know, I, I yeah, had to sorry. go with the Great Wall. <laughs> Nice. Um. So I think so. Samson's still available, right? Oh, yes. Ralph! Damn it! He is. I'm taking Samson, and then and then I have another pick. Um, yeah. Who am I taking as my other pick? Dude, you got the twin towers back. I'm like, I'm like writing this out, and I'm like, dude, you you reunited the twin towers. <laughs> Look at you go! Look at you go! Uh, you know what? My second pick, I'm gonna take Kevin Martin. I'm gonna take Kevin Martin. Dude, Whoa! wow, that's that, a, that that's whoa. that's a pick. That is an ambitious pick. Wow. I'll give you. I, I liked Kevin Martin. Let's see, I liked Kevin Martin. Him, him, and his, him and his crazy shot. I like him. <laughs> and just like that, AD just became my best friend, dude. Because that was my one of my favorite Rockets of all time. Kenny had a Kevin Martin says, jersey, man. He had, had a Kevin Martin. Martin jersey. I, I, that's the, I, that I actually have one too. Right before he got <laughs> traded. <laughs> I'm going to do it, man. Oh, man. Uh, okay, so, so Kevin Martin, Ralph Sampson. Okay. Lashard, over to you. You had Harden and who else? Oh, T-Mac. So I had Harden and T-Mac. So I'm going okay. Elvin Hayes. 
Nice. Oh man. You're a smart man. Gotta have I a like big that. man. Nice, All nice. Right. Okay. But for me, yep. I'm gonna Over get to more defense sent my way. I'm gonna take OT. Oh, Odestor. Yeah. My dude. <laughs> Love that guy. I still need to buy a jersey of his. If I can find that anywhere, it's mine. I need to find that. <laughs> <laughs> Iron Man OT. Yep. That was the uh, dude, OT, man. That's a solid pick. That's a he solid made basketballs look to... like a grapefruit, bro. <laughs> He always talks about that, by the way. He always wants to. He always says that OT always does that. Okay, so my Leonard hands. Come on, man. I know. Oh, yeah. Okay, talking... okay uh, it's over to me now. So I picked, I picked Clyde, and I got went Moses. I, I want some explosive. I want some explosiveness at the point to go along with Clyde. You know what? This is going to be a bit of a no. I don't know if it's a crazy reach, but I'm gonna go Stevie Franchise. Nice. At the one. That's a good pick. Still a yeah. good I'm gonna go Stevie. Still a good yeah, pick, I'm gonna go Stevie yeah. franchise at the one to be the running mate with Clyde. I, I, I already feel like he would he would make like Moses very upset constantly. But I don't <laughs> oh, know yeah. how the chemistry would work. But I, I I'm fully I'm fully enveloped in this uh in this crazy offense that I'm 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 building here. So and uh oh okay, so I have enough. Sc- okay, I got some crazy scoring. I got Clyde. I got Steve. I got Moses. I'm gonna. Br- I'm gonna get a glue guy. I'm gonna bring. I'm gonna bring the team together. I want Shane Battier at the three. Nice. Ah. I'm gonna go with Shane. It's, it's at the, the analytic three. himself. Yeah. That's a good decision. Another guy that would. Yeah, another guy that would probably piss off Moses Malone. Let's <laughs> go be like, I don't give a crap about analytics. Just give me the ball. Exactly. <laughs> All right. I love so it. those I are love my, it. those are my picks. Over to you now, GM. Who you got? So I'm gonna take at my three. I'm gonna take that early version of Robert Ory. I like oh, yeah. Robert Ory. He was extremely athletic. He could. He was six ten. Could guard anyone from the two through the four back in the day. So. Yeah. Well, I'll swing for the fences a little bit with that. And an, a guy with a wonderful entry pass to Yao. So, there you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, okay. Over to you now, Lashard. Who you got? Uh, so, speaking of glue guys, I got to go with my man, Mario Alley. I got I to gotta bring somebody in that actually play some defense. So, yeah, I got to go with Junkyard Dog. Nice. I like nice. that. Solid. All right, AD. Oh, yeah. Who's going to be running with Kevin Martin now? Who's going to be running with my boy? I need to get some <laughs> so I need some defense. I need some toughness. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go, uh I'm gonna go Vernon Maxwell. Yeah. Oh, Mad Max. There you go. Yeah. There you go. I'm, I'm gonna get Great I'm gonna tip. get PJ Tucker as well. Oh wow. Oh wow. I like that. That's solid. That's a solid mm-hmm. pick. Jeez Louise. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Well that rounded out your lineup, right? Because you have five. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you got your you got your lineup. Awesome, awesome. Okay, so he's he's locked in. AD's locked in. He has Akeem, Ralph Sampson, Kevin Martin, Vernon Maxwell, and PJ Tucker. Who's running point for you? Kevin Martin? <laughs> uh we'll work that out. We'll work that out. We'll, we'll work it out. We'll work it out. We'll work some, out. Some step backs from Akeem? Yeah, we'll work that out. We, we, we might run the <laughs> point low center key. action. We'll work that well, out. I feel like Akeem could probably be the run the point for y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he probably could. All right, Lashard, over to you. Uh, Who's going to round right, out the so lineup? My last pick. I probably had to go with Dwight Howard because I need a center. Man, okay. I like that. As long as he's not posting up, as long as he's running pick and roll, 
Touche. I don't know if Touché. him and Harden can finally figure it out, but hopefully so. <laughs> You're giving them a second chance. You're giving hey, them a second I'm chance. I'm giving them a second chance to figure it out this time. <laughs> They'll be like Shaq and Penny, you know, they're sitting by the pool. We could have won. We could have won, man. That, that, that'll yeah. be them, bro. That'll be them. Love it. Love that'll it. be a 30 for 30 for sure. <laughs> I would love to see that. Oh, man. Um, okay, GM, over to you. Round out your line. Oh, wait, no. I mean, let me put the announcement. Lashard locked in his team. James Harden, Tracy McGrady, Elvin Hayes, Mario Ellie, and Dwight Howard. Low-key, a very, very dangerous squad. Yes. Okay. Well, for me, I can uh, – man, shooting guards are a little thin in Rockets lore. <laughs> but yes. I'm going to take one from the 80s we had spoken of earlier. I'm going to take Sleepy Floyd. You know, we need a guy who can who can burst out and score at will, and he is someone that can certainly do that. When he gets hot, he gets hot. You know, it was between him and like who was it? Uh, was it uh, uh, the Barry Brothers? Ra- I could have picked Ra- one of them. Touche. I should have <laughs> went John. You know, our favorite Rockets homer. Every time he does a broadcast, he just speaks so glowingly of our organization. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Remember twenty fifteen. Who was your pick? Sleepy Floyd. Oh, Sleepy Floyd, solid. Okay. I could have taken like Robert. Was it? Was it McCray? Robert Reed. Or, Robert Reed uh, or Francisco Garcia? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> oh so let's not get started. Yes. Carlos Delfino. You know. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love Delfino. Delfino man. special. Yeah. <laughs> he was that guy, memories. man. He was that guy. <laughs> All right, so we're locked. We're locked in on Justin's team. So GM, you got Chris Paul, Yao Ming, Otis Thorpe, Robert Ori. And Sleepy Floyd, you got a tough team, man. You got like a that's like a that's a tough squad. I got bruisers, man. And then Chris Paul oh, yeah. can flop and take all the take all the punishment. <laughs> I'm well, you know what? I'm about to round. I'm about to round my team up overall with the last pick. I'm gonna go with toughness as well. Uh, Shane Battier's running mate, and for only one year in 0809, the the artist formerly known as Ron Artest yeah. will be my pick. Just because I, I just I looked at my lineup, I was like, okay, Steve Francis, Clyde Drexler, Shane Battier, Moses Malone, Ron Artest, and I'm just like, yeah, you're not that that team. Yeah, and and I love defense, so I'm like, <laughs> dude, this is good. Francis may be the only one that may lack a little bit, but I feel like we can we can take advantage of that and yeah, uh, make old it school happen. Scores remote. right there, I, eighty I like to that. ninety games. Oh yeah, we're not scoring. You're not you're not scoring over a hundred. And and granted, we're not scoring over a hundred. Ain't nobody scoring over. No oh, man, you'll you'll see those guys going from the summit, and they'll end up playing at Fondy later in the afternoon. You know, yeah. that, that's that kind of lineup that you'll see. Yeah. I like awesome. it. <laughs> I'm gonna be posting. I'm 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 probably gonna be posting this also on the on our Twitter and our Instagram as well, so we can let uh, the people see and and we can let the people pick, and maybe we can decide. Maybe the, the people decide who is the best overall team. Obviously, I would love to just drop them in a 2K simulation, but. That takes too long, and I don't have Twitch, so. <laughs> Same here. Yeah. Right, right, right. All right, last uh, last question before we get ready to go home here. Uh, AD, I'll put it over to you first. G- give us your favorite Rocket year. Let's go outside the two championships. I uh, People would always say uh, two championships. What was your favorite year outside the two championships? Oh, that's easy, man. That's 17-18. The, the team that, uh, that, that would have won it all were it not for Chris Paul's hamstring injury. That's easy, man. Too easy, too easy. I, I think I walked into that one. But Lashard, over to you now. Favorite rocky year? I, I, well, I would probably say, and I think it's 07, 08, the, mm-hmm. the team that won 22 in a row, mm-hmm. um, team with Aaron Brooks. I think that's a year that McGrady got hurt early. Yao Ming got hurt in the playoffs. I think that's when they took the Lakers to seven. 
that would probably be outside of championships. And since AD already stole the obvious one, um, <laughs> I, I probably have to go with that one just because, like I said, I mean, that team was just so much fun to watch. Nobody gave them a chance to win. I mean, I remember watching them and, and um, I think it was either game four, game five. Actually, it was, um, it was actually game six where they blew the Lakers out by 30 points yes. to force a game oh, seven. Goodness. When Aaron Brooks hit that crazy shot um, at the buzzer before halftime, that was just a great team to watch. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I would definitely go with that. And, by the way, if y'all would have not got hurt, they would have won a championship. But, anyway. Hell yeah! Too deep into that, so no, 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 no. Talk that up, talk that up, talk that. Up. I mean, and if T Mac wasn't hurt, I mean, oh, it's, yeah. a, it's it's easy. It's that dude. That's yeah. that's Pickens, bro. All right, over yeah. to you now, Jim. Yeah, they, 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 oh, sorry, they easily sorry, won a championship that year because I mean, yeah. No, I was just gonna say they easily won a championship that year because as they saw when y'all was playing, I mean, the Lakers had no answer for y'all. Even I think that was Bynum was still playing with them. He couldn't stop yeah. them. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean. It, that's one of those what if type season that a lot of people don't talk enough about. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that's crazy because I remember Phil Jackson refused to do double teams, and he didn't double Yao until like game three. <laughs> yes. And then when they did double him, yes, everyone right. was like, "Holy, holy shit!" The Rockets defeated Phil Jackson because he actually went against what he does. Yep. And yeah, no it, choice. It blew me away. But um, Kenny, to answer your question, I've answered this with you before. Um, even though seventeen eighteen is probably the best season. The most exciting season to watch for me was actually the first year of James Harden. I really enjoyed that year because that was the first time we truly felt a semblance of like what hope was. Um, (laughs) I'm not saying that T-Mac and Yao didn't resemble hope. It was just more so we were like crossing our fingers like, please don't get hurt. Please don't get hurt because we understood what came along with that. T-Mac had the history of back problems even in Orlando. So we kind of knew what came. Yao was a seven, six, you know, beast and we didn't know exactly what um how long he would be healthy for yeah so in 2012 2013 man when we brought james harden along and paired him with one of my favorite rockets chandler parsons i hate to say it i love that dude he played for us he was an exciting guy to watch yeah. he became a model and decided to say Fuck Houston, man. And then, uh, my dude jeremy lynn i loved jeremy lynn man i was a lynn guy yeah. i'm not a lynn only fan I was just yeah. a Lynn supporter, you know. I liked uh, watching him play. Lynn versus Harden, yep, the yeah. Yeah, you already knew, man. And <laughs> that was the loss. That, the that was that was a season, man. Especially yeah. with like the when you brought Beverly in midway through the year. Let's not even get started with that guy. And then Delfino, Garcia, Omer yeah. Ashik, Kenny's favorite. Oh, stone Angel. hands. Yeah. He, he, he looks like he was stone in a painting, hands. you know? <laughs> oh, that's too good. That's oh, yeah. Too I'm good. Oh, man. I, I love that team, man. I love yeah. that team, really. That's that's like yeah. I, I would consider that season a guilty pleasure, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. But Kenny, all what right. about you, man? Yeah, I'll, I'll, round, I'll, round out, I'll round it out by uh, picking a different year from all of you, and that is uh, it was the Harden – revenge tour of 2014-2015 when we made it to the conference finals for the first time and in, in since what 97 where yeah. like i remember it was two things that stood out to me one was when you know every they made the the low light mixtape of james harden the year before so he made it a point <laughs> yeah he made it a point that he was gonna come out and play defense and he had just such a terrific year an mvp year and then point number two as to why i love that team we had one of my favorite wingman in uh nba history and that's trevor Reese. i know everyone remembers him for 0 for 27 but Little does anyone remember that we lost Parsons and then yeah. Ariza was the quote-unquote consolation prize. And I think I was I was one of the few in Houston where I was like, no, no, no. 
take a step back, guys. I'm telling y'all right now, Ariza's gonna he's gonna instill yeah. this championship mentality for them. And lo and behold, the fifth game I remember that stood out, uh, the game against Miami in Miami, uh, Ariza hits like five threes or five or six threes, and just instills that defensive mentality. Ended up being like yeah. one of the glue guys along with the PJ Tucker, and you know, in the next few seasons in 2017, 2018. But overall, like that was the best year. And let's not even talk about Game Six when we were supposed to lose that series against the Clippers. Come on, like one of the most <laughs> memorable experiences in Houston Rocket history. Should have every oh, yeah. reason we should have lost that. Like, yeah. like every reason we should have lost that series. That mm-hmm. Clippers team. Josh Smith game. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's too good. Too good. Yeah. Great Smooth. memories. And I love that. What's up? No, I just said Jace move. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Yeah. The, the Jace move yeah. game. It was the headband of brothers game, man. That yeah. was uh, <laughs> Jason Terry was there, too. Come on, but, guys. But did y'all know Josh Smith and Dwight Howard played in AAU together? Man, oh, dude, I, had no I-, I had no idea. <laughs> man. Shard, now- Never would have guessed that. <laughs> right <laughs> now, now, yeah. now, now that you called it out, Lashard. Next time you and AD, when y'all do your pod, you have to mention it at least. It lights like a normal broadcast. Mention it at least seven or eight times throughout your episode. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it in somehow, even with our guests. They're gonna look at me like I'm crazy, but I'm gonna get it in somehow. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Br- Rose, I really just look. I just appreciate getting y'all on. Let's get ready yeah. to go home here. It's big time. Thank yous to AD and Lashard. Uh, Clutch Appreciate fans, Rocket it. Fuel podcast. Thank you so much. I want to roll out the red carpet to y'all right, be- right, real, real quick before we go home here. Uh, over to you first, Lashard. Where can the people find you? Give them your ads, your Twitters, whatever they can find you. Of course, you can always find me on Twitter at Binkley Hoops. And like you said earlier, I'm a staff writer for the um, Dream Shake, so you can always check out my articles there. And I'm always on Twitter trying to be the voice of reason. Um, when I can, and every once in a while, a small troll, not as big as AD, but a small <laughs> troll. So uh, you definitely always find out, find my content at any of those different places. And of course, I'm you know, co-host of the Clutch Fan Rockets Fuel Podcast. Love it. Over to you now, AD. And for me, you can find me on Twitter at A underscore Ducket, um, where I also enjoy trolling at, at an elite level. truly elite truly elite (laughs) certain topics more so than others Um, (laughs) um, but you can also find me of course on on clutch fans rocket fuel as well love it man i love it awesome awesome ad is the man that educates all of us in what men can and cannot do (laughs) oh yeah every time i see something i'm just like man ad i've just learned something new today what would ad do i I know Like if I if I'm curious, I'm like, is this a manly thing to do? What would AD think if he says that that's a no? I'm not gonna do it, man. I gotta stay exactly. true. Stay true to my dude. Exactly. Man, there are some crazy things on that list, man. <laughs> I know. I, I knew. I know. I saw a list recently. I don't know if it was you or someone posted. It's like they actually had a full list. Of a whole list seen. of his wild. And, and I was just like, I am dead. This is uh, this is what I call time and. Whoever posted this certainly has it, and I and I definitely appreciate that. <laughs> oh, this is too too good, too good. What I, I love the what would a, WWAD? Yes. Do? What would AD do? This is this is my that go. should be my worst to live by. Well, boys, thank you so much for coming on, AD and Lashard at the summit. Big time thank yous once again. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for thank us. you for having us. The summit. The summit.
four, 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 four,